Just give him a pretty much. Drink over. Maybe there. And then I'll set this weird angle so I can see that and your big face and my drink. Mm -hmm. And all the many things that I have on my desk. Two mice, PlayStation controller. Well, that mouse is really far away. Not going to get it. You done? I think so. Cool. You see all this? All this right here? This is what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom. As one and a half of the Omcast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello. So we now live in a world full of sequels, prequels, remakes and reboots, and we understand that sometimes life gets in the way and you're not always going to be able to catch up before a new one comes out. This week, before the release of the long-delayed Bad Boys for Life, we're talking about the franchise so far. 1995's Bad Boys and the 2003 sequel, Bad Boys 2. This is a bit of a change of pace from this the last couple of weeks. This is a bit of a change, isn't it? It's a bit of a <laughs> I won. Anyone who listened last week, I won. Yeah. We didn't see David Copperfield or, or, or anything like that. Instead, we're no. talking about Bad Boys. Bad Boys. <laughs> we saw Bad Boys. All yeah. four and a bit hours yeah four and a, four four hours 40 yeah because that's the, what's interesting about this is like obviously we're going back to doing the grand rewatch which is you know one of the main things that we've always done on this podcast we haven't done it for a couple of weeks but now we're getting back into it and this is a really weird one because first of all there's only two films second of all that they're longer than the bible no the first one isn't but it's the fact that there's such a big gap in time between the first and the second yeah so there's an eight year difference <laughs> yeah. between the first mad. movie and the second movie. And so what that means is they are very much products of their time, but they're very different from one another. So talking about them as like, as a series is weird. Like, Yeah, it is really... I don't, I, yeah, I can't... Because like, the original Bad Boys, 1995, it is the most 90s thing you've ever yes, seen. Absolutely, it's so absolutely. 90s. That and gone in 60 seconds. Yeah, exactly. And then conversely, the... Second one, Bad Boys 2, is the most early noughties thing you've ever seen. It's like every action film back then. It's like Triple X. It's like yeah. Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. It's like all the hyper, like super saturated. Everything's happening in a mile a minute. Looks, like a, video, video yeah, looks game, like a video game. All that cartoonish stuff. explosions. Yeah, but then the first one is more like it's in the lethal weapon mode. It's more like yeah. it's like yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, where, where do you start? So I mean, bad boy, the, oh, the, ori knows. the original bad boys, nineteen ninety five. It's one of the first big, high profile Will Smith movies. Yeah. yeah, at that point, he was still the Fresh Prince, and mm -hmm. this was him. And he like, wasn't the first choice either. Who was the first choice? Oh, when you say that, I can't remember his name. <laughs> um, um, yeah, like he's not even given the first credit. It's Martin Lawrence. And mm. Will Smith. Well, it's because Martin Lawrence was way bigger than Will Smith at the time. Yeah, because Martin Lawrence, he was a stand up comedian. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, and he was like doing all the circuits and HBO and all that kind of stuff. So he would have been a much bigger deal than Will Smith. Will Smith was just that guy from that sitcom. Yeah. And then Bad Boys happened and then closely followed by Independence Day. And then that was it. Then he, yeah, and that then was he, it. He, he was, was off to the races. Oh, there it is. It's Arsenio Hall. Right. Um, who has said that it was his, uh, he turned it down. <sighs> And cites it as being the worst mistake he has ever made. Well, I can imagine, yeah. 
basically, yeah, uh, Michael Bay <laughs> saw Will Smith on an episode of Fresh Prince and was yeah. like, I want that guy. Yeah. Because Arsenio Hall turned it down. Yeah. That's it. And history was made. There you go. So, and, like, and yeah, these are just really good fun, to be fair. And I, I think I really like the first one. The first yeah, one I is... really like the, the first one and Martin Lawrence in the second one and... I do like Will Smith in the second one, though. But. I like a lot of stuff in the second one. We'll get on to that. But yeah, <laughs> the first one is... It's kind of generation-defining, in yeah. a way, because it does move on from... It follows a very similar ilk, and it follows a very very similar set of standards and sort of buy-in and thought and the way that things are presented and laid out yeah. as Lethal Weapon. Yeah. And it's very much a, we need to make that film. Yeah, and it's, and it's but like... But with younger... Fresher, cooler guys. Yeah, and it's like, and they, they, there's so many like tropes and things that like that have since been parodied yeah. and sort of and become cliches. So you know, the angry police captain who's like who's cheating yeah. them out. The it's just like everything about it. Like them going out of their way to like um, go around the law and like, but like what I love about the first one is like the, the opening scene of the first one sets everything up perfectly. Yeah, it's the when they're driving in Mike's. Like product, like the best production car in the world. What car is it's it? A Porsche. It's a Porsche. He has Porsche. a Porsche. In the, he has a Porsche. Porsche. Sorry, he has a Porsche in the first one, and then he has a Ferrari in the second one. Yeah. But yeah, he's got that, and Mar- Marcus is there trying to eat his food, and they have that whole exchange, which sets up their relationship in terms of like the the sort of buddy cop thing. Yeah. And then you have them get pulled over by two guys who try and carjack them. Yeah. And they take them out. And then it just comes up with the title, Bad Boys. Yeah. Perfect. It sums up everything. It's like a perfect little, like, opening sequence. And it is like, it it opens like a TV series. Yeah. It plays out like a TV series. Yeah. Like, the, the that's the way that the, especially the first one does, plays out like a feature-length episode of a first. Yeah, it could be like Miami Vice 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Miami Vice Nights. Yeah. <laughs> Miami Vice again. Yeah but better than the other one that came out with Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Which uh, is still the, the only, only film, film I've ever walked yeah. out of. <laughs> I'm trying to think, was there something else? Oh, yeah, Predator. The Predator. No, we, we, we nearly walked out on that no, one. No, we didn't. I nearly did. Well, I, well, I'm glad I made you stay mm. <laughs> because we saw the, the, the Predator suit that you got at the end. Worth it. Um, anyway, we're not talking about the Predator. We're talking about bad boys. Um, Probably. Yeah. Well, so we were saying about how sort of genre defining it was and sort of how that it was presented. <coughs> Nowadays, it looks like it's being presented as sort of a pilot. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it's like, it, like it sets up, you feel like that would be the, where the, the episode ends from yeah. like, you know, where the plot kicks in. And the plot is like, it, they're all basic plots whereby these guys are narcotics police officers in yeah. um, Miami. And it's all about, the drug trade, basically. Yeah. So the the point of the first movie is... <coughs> the, the, what, what's interesting about this one is that it, it does that and then it cuts in, like the cutaway goes straight into like a Miami Nights sort of montage. Yeah. And you see that the police station is being robbed. Yeah. Which is like quite a cool idea to start yeah. it up. And it's like a lot of the ideas that are in sort of the first one yeah. are cool. Yeah, it's like it feels like the kind of thing where like that idea again could have been like a script for Lethal Weapon Six or something. Yeah, and it got retooled like that. The initial idea of them being right, well, a robbery, but the idea is that they rob something that the police have already seized. Yeah, and then they, like from a police lockup, 
get a load of the, the drugs that they've already got off the street. And the guys who got it off the street, I now have to go out and catch it again, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, like you say, is, is a, like, there's a plot in the first one. Yeah. There's actually a plot. Yep. <laughs> right. Um, and that, that's the thing. Like, one is, it's fun. It's very much of the time. It's very much a sort of, listen, we, don't, we know that none of you are here for a plot. Yeah. But here's a basic plot. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's just it sets it out, and but like they just they do contrivances to make them like be funny. So like there's the whole the whole idea in the first one is that they have to switch places yeah. for the purposes of a witness. Yeah. There's a witness who will only go, speak to Mike. Mike's not available, so she has to up with Marcus, the yeah. Martin Lawrence's character, and he has to then pretend to be Mike. Hilarity ensues. Yeah, it is and like it's, it's, it's a caper. Yeah, it's it, a caper. It's, it's and the Barry Allen has to be at two places at once. Yeah, and then he has to keep pretending that this is his apartment. Yeah, why has he got hundreds of photos of Will Smith everywhere? Yeah, <laughs> like what, like letting the dogs into his house and yeah. shit all over the carpet, which pisses Mike off. Then he's worried that he's sleeping with his wife. Yeah, and it's all just that. Yeah, it's a comedy of errors, but also a cop movie. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. And it's like buddy cop comedy of errors. It's just a sitcom. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But it fucking works. Yeah, it works really well. And then when they kick out, like, the action scenes in the first one are really, like, in, especially in comparison to the second one, are very, very, like, sort of yeah. downplayed. Until the very end, there's a big finale in yeah. the first one, obviously. But that is nothing compared to the sum of the shit that goes on Jesus. in the second one. Well, I can see why <laughs> that two took so long to come back, because Hollywood was just saving up its pocket money. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it was one of those things like, because there's been a long storied history now of Bad Boys 3. Bad Boys 3 is coming. They're going to do Bad Boys 3. They kept sort of saying it was going to happen. No one ever thought they would. Yeah. Now here we are on the verge, on, on the eve of Bad Boys 3. Yeah. The day we thought would never come. Um, but yeah, Bad Boys 2 was, I mean, where did well, you start? Yeah. I mean, let's finish, let's finish, finish, finish one. Finish one. Yeah. So we've got, interestingly though, if you look on IMDb, Tia Leone isn't on there. Really? Yeah. Why? The first three credits. No, I think they do it in appearance. They do it in order of appearance. It's weird because yeah. it's. Oh, is, it, is that what it is then? I think that's because it, it is. says it says here top build cast. So you would presume that that would but like be. One of, is one of them the distraction girl? Yeah, but Kim yeah. Kim Coates isn't on the, like the top one. Yeah. Because the first, yeah, Lisa Boyle, girl decoy, is yeah. the first person. It's because they, I think... Michael Tanafero, but then Emmanuel Zereb as Eddie Dominguez. And then, yeah, like Fouché. Like, none of these people, like... Yeah, Kim Coates is the other guy yeah. who's in quite a lot of other things. Yeah. He's not in it for quite a long way through this, like, long line. Yeah. And he's, like, the third person you see in the film. Yeah. Yeah, T. Leone's, like, really, really deep into this. Yeah. Now, well, that's just an observation. From, yeah. I just thought that she'd probably said, take my name off this. <laughs> well, you say that like I watching it again with Tilly character. First of all, I like she's really irritating. <laughs> like, I'll say that now. <laughs> she's an annoying character. Yeah. But is she the closest Michael Bay has ever come to having a better representation of a woman in the film? I won't say good. Better because um, she has opinions and she she's, she's, bites yeah, she's, back and she's like she's not placid and not just eye candy. Yeah, like you, you can't compare her See, to like Michael maybe, Bay. I think Michael Bay's because she like objects to it. Like she has a whole thing about like she has 
doesn't like she's a vegetarian she makes mm-hmm. a whole point about that at one point she talks about you know um civil rights and all that, and then she goes yeah. on about it she still ends up spending most of the movie handcuffed to a steering wheel yeah but she has a lampshade on it she says that <laughs> yeah um so i don't know like, i'm amazed that the like the michael bay of today or even the michael bay of bad boys 2 would not have allowed that much character into a female character yeah i don't think i'm just trying to think like female characters in michael bay films. in michael bay films i haven't seen six underground <laughs> transformers the last knight is Hayley steinfeld no. no she was in bumblebee, oh, bumblebee that's a good one uh, 13 hours there are literally no women in that film no. I don't think Age of Extinction that's Rosie Huntington Whiteley yeah the only other woman other than Sam's mum yep Pain and Gain uh, Transformers Dark of the Moon that's or is that Fox. Rosie Huntington Whiteley oh I don't fucking know oh no that one uh, I don't know no wait hang on Hunt, Dark no, of... Age of Extinction is the Marky, um, Marky Mark Mark Wahlberg one and yeah and his daughter who's underage and his daughter's and underage a, and they make a whole point of the, yeah exactly that's what I'm yeah. saying so like if you look back through but like, she doesn't she serves nothing no Megan Fox serves nothing like The so, yeah. Island maybe what I think the, the Island Scarlett Johansson in that maybe or is she just so she's, a, she's a dumb clone Bad Boys 2 The Lionel Richie Collection that's a Michael Bay joint. What? Pearl Harbor. Were there women in that? There were. I've never seen it. Armageddon, there's one woman in that. Yep. The Rock, there's an angry wife in that. <laughs> probably. I think so. But she probably wears a really small dress yeah. as well, I'd imagine. And Bad Boys. Yeah. That's what I mean. So thinking about it. Like, yeah, I think they started strong. I think probably... Tia Leone is probably her character in this. Might be up there as one of the strongest female yeah. characters, and she's still crap, and she's still, and also <laughs> like she's she's still, you know, they basically they assume she's a hooker for the whole thing, <laughs> like even though she's oh, not, yeah, she's not, she yeah, goes, she's not, with, she goes with her f- flatmate who is a hooker mm-hmm. to go, apparently, no, but she's Will Smith's favorite hooker, yeah, which is, makes it okay, and they go to go party with some guys who've just scored a load of. Cocaine. One guy. Or the one guy who's just scored. Well, isn't just, it heroin? It's heroin. So he's snorting heroin for yeah. a start. I mean, you do. You <laughs> yeah, can. But fuck. Like, but only if you've got fucking loads of it. <laughs> which, to be fair, this guy does. Yeah. Um, but and also, then, yeah, there's like, the... mainlining that sort of shit is just going to fucking wreck your day. Yeah. In so much as you'll die. Um, and then... Yeah, and the plot kicks off basically where this this friend of Will Smith, this this his favorite hooker, yeah. gets murdered by this guy in the most dramatic, over the top nineties way possible. And it's like it's really it's zoomed really, in, yeah, zooms in on our eyes, and, <laughs> and she slowly <laughs> falls down into the into the like coffee table, which shatters into a million pieces yeah and it's like the most dramatic like that is the most stylistic thing and the thing that roots it most in the 90s is that particular sequence yeah and then when she she has like flashbacks of it later on when she's trying to id the guy she goes oh it's gonna be the same uh it's it's essentially if you've ever seen platoon yeah he's like willem dafoe die yeah it's literally spoilers i mean for the most dramatic thing ever um the bad guy for Bad Boys One is fairly nondescript. He's a guy who's now he's a French actor who's now the guy on, on ITV. 
yeah. who's the kindly um, John Baptiste, the the, the, um, the detective or ITV whatever. ITV gritty drama. But I, well, I forgot until I watched it again this time. I go, oh shit, that's the guy from that ITV thing. <laughs> I was like, he was the bad guy in Bad Boys One. Who knew? Like, oh, well, um, you know, some but, people retire quietly, like but, this man. But he's he's standard like. He's a drug dealer. He doesn't like the people he works for. Sometimes he kills people who work for him. Yeah. That's it. But there's nothing particularly, you know. Yeah, yeah. he's an, he's a Michael Bay villain in yeah. so much as he's foreign. Yeah. But he, that's what I mean. He's in comparison to the, the second guy. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the second guy is indicative of the. This is another thing we'll get to in a minute. But this is the second. <laughs> the second villain is indicative of the jump between yeah, one I mean. and two. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Like, they scale very much the yeah, same yeah, yeah. way. That's what I mean, yeah. Like, this guy's quite understated. Like, he gets angry, but yeah. you can tell, like, he's going to be supposed to be quite menacing and supposed yeah. to be quite mean and, like, yeah. uh, like quite fearsome in places. But, in, but yeah, and then, like, the way that it carries on throughout the film. He's, he's actually, like, an intimidating character. Yeah. Which, again, serves for how good Bad Boys, the first Bad yeah. Boys is. Like I stick with it. Like it's a solid film. Yeah, it like is. it's not. It's like generation defining like yeah. action movie. It's going to be in there with Die Hard and like yeah. the lethal, like you say, like the lethal weapons and Die Hard, and they're in there to push in the sort of post millennial, yeah, sort of action yeah. or pre millennial, shall I say, or whichever way we're going to put around it. But at the same time, like it's solid. Like it's there. It's got. A, bare bones of a plot yeah which is like strung together with action sequences yeah. and sassy dialogue but yeah the, that's the thing it's the sassy dialogue and the way those two bounce off each other yeah just sells it yeah and it, like it's one of those just do you know yeah. who was originally going to be who this was originally written for that bloke you said earlier no 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 <laughs> like it was originally going to be written for Richard Pryor Wesley Snipes Wesley Snipes right and Eddie Murphy of course yeah which and you're like, yeah, well, obviously that kind of fits. That kind of would have worked, but then like but Eddie the Murphy's they, got, they didn't, they wouldn't have had that money no. for that. No, with no, those guys. No, exactly, because it it feels very low budget. The first, it one. does, yeah. It's like apart, they saved all their budget for the big shootout at the end. Yeah, everything else is just like you know, set in apartment buildings or at the it's police station. Really weirdly filtered. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's filtered or just the fact that it's just that old. It's, it reminds it's me not like... not even that. Because if you look, there are scenes where you're like, oh, that's... Da- no, oh, wait, that's daytime. So that's supposed to look like... Why is everything orange? Yeah. It's because it's Michael Bay. Oh, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's what happens when you do 800 different drugs before you start directing for the day. Yeah. What? How are we gonna light this one? Yellow. Yellow. Wait. What? Yellow. Okay. The only. Yeah. By the way, the only thing that Michael said all day today is yellow. We're a little bit worried about him. We're a little bit worried, but we've just given him a massive, massive trolley full of Charlie, so he's gonna be okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. It's like, and obviously there are there are all the hallmarks there of like the Michael Bay isms. Yeah. The, the the spinning shot, the spin shot, the yeah, the <laughs> the mad cutaways, then cutbacks, then zoom ins, then zoom outs, and yeah, but but yeah, that that it's nothing compared to where it goes. No, because you got to remember like what happened in between. So what was it? The Rock, and then like yeah, what Pearl Harbor next? I can't remember like how it ramped up for Michael Bay. But like between the two Bad Boys films, what did he do? Like, 
Oh, lots. Yeah, lots. There's like Armageddon's in there. Armageddon, like it gets bigger and bit. Everything gets bigger and has to. T- he has to top himself every time, no matter what franchise. So it yeah, is. The Rock, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Then Bad Boys Two. Yeah. And then it just gets ludicrous. It goes then the island, Transformers, Transformers Two, Transformers Three, Pain and Gain, Transformers Four, or Transformers Thirteen yeah. Hours, Transformers Six Underground. Yeah. So it's just wait like, a second. What? I just noticed a pattern here. What? Transformers One. Yeah. Transformers Two. Yeah. Transformers. Transformers. Yeah. Transformers. Six Underground. Ah, very good. Because he didn't do this. There was no sixth one, so instead he made something with a six in it. Does he, do you reckon maybe he directed Six Underground thinking it was Transformers 6? I don't know. And he said, oh, we'll, we'll do the CGI later, Michael. And he just didn't know the difference. Yeah. he's that coked up. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. That wouldn't surprise me. In this. I've not seen Six Underground, but that, yeah, no. why not? I saw the first seven or eight minutes because I was like, I heard there's a really graphic scene in which Dave Franco dies. Oh, spoilers. Really? Yeah. No, Dave Franco was in it. Yeah. Okay. Not for long. Oh, shit. Okay. It's pretty savage <laughs> okay. as well. Like, All right. Well, uh, I watched it and I went, whoa. Yeah. All right. I'm, yeah, I'm I done. Like, I'm going to turn it off now because it's triple X. But made now yeah. with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I mean, speaking of triple X, triple X came out in 2002. Bad Boys 2 came out in 2003. <laughs> Yeah. And this was exactly the state of action cinema at that time. Fucking so hell, moving on from that, I mean, is there anything else you want to say about Bad Boys 1 before we move on? Uh, no, there are, it's full of goofs. It's full of yeah. silly contr- plot contrivances and plot yeah. holes. And it's just like, yeah. there's a point when he turns up to shoot the witness when they already know who he is. Yeah. Like, it's, it's quite clear they've already come after this guy. Yeah. But he's come to kill the witness anyway. And he's come to Mike's apartment to kill the witness as well. He's gone to the police officer's apartment. Yeah. Yeah. No. And like, there's a point when like, there are people just based outside of Marcus's house. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we, we're gonna, what are we going to do? Are we going to... We gonna... Are you going in? No, they're just, they're just sat there watching. And then, and, they, and then, and then they get Mike's take... very aware that they're out there watching. So yeah. they've got another police car watching them. Yeah. Not going to get them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Joe Pantaniano is the captain. Fuck, he's great. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's brilliant in both of them. He's good in the first one. Yeah, but he get he takes it up a notch. Um, I just love like the stupid things like the. Um, it's so cheesy and like stupid. Like the bit was like, now let me call it what it is. It's fucked up. And then the, like the ball buster like from Nintendo. You got that right, detective? Just walks in like yeah, that. Like, old, that's how she the, like the battle axe. The from... battle axe ball buster. That's another female character from yeah. way. Another trope that he likes to put in. <laughs> There's yeah. like, oh god, I got I got the mayor breathing down my ass. I don't care what you do, just do it fast. Chomping <laughs> on a cigar. Exactly. Yeah. And then fucking hell. Like that's the thing. Like. You can tell that Michael Bay's the sort of person that's like, no, I'm I'm a feminist because I put like strong women in my films, and it's like you're not a feminist because you're you're vulgar. Yeah, because in one of the opening scenes of the next movie, there's a scene at a club, and he shoots it from below, so that it basically goes in between women's legs and upskirts about three women. 
Yeah. In the space of about five minutes. That's one of the opening scenes of Bad Boys 2. (laughs) And you just go, oh, fucking hell. Oh, fucking hell. Like, in comparison to the restraint that you showed in the last one, this is fucking mental. Yeah. Like, you've gone off a... Well, that's the thing. goes to show the the success of Bad Boys and everything that came after that was just the amount of drugs that he could afford. Yeah. And so, I mean, Bad Boys 2... Where do you start? Is it's a fucking, fucking hell masterpiece. <laughs> so and I know I said that about 1917 last week, but I mean it this time. It's a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> so what I would say with anyone that's unfamiliar, it's Michael Bay's Mona Lisa. It's Michael. This <laughs> is magnum opus. It's everything. I think it is. It's everything turned up to eleven. And just like shoved down your throat, like it's the most ridiculous, over the top. And like I said, just all the opening scenes. So the first, the major opening scene is them having this big shootout with the KKK. Yeah, <laughs> it's like obviously it being Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. I love the fact that even like so when Michael Bay's direct, like he goes, it's all the opening credits, which goes on forever, hmm. and it's about like them manufacturing this these drugs in Amsterdam and then getting shipped over to Miami. But then when it gets to the very end of it and you get the directed by credit, the directed by credit comes up as they light as the KKK are lighting their burning cross. Brilliant. Directed by Michael Bay next to that. And I think that is like that is like symbolic of him <laughs> and his lack of understanding for like what he's what like yeah. he just goes, fire's cool. <laughs> directed by Michael. No, but Mike, Michael, 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 I agree, fire can look cool, right? Yeah, but what you're doing there is you've got a member of the Ku Klux Klan lighting a cross on fire, which is a very, like... It's a very infl- powerful symbol. It's a very, you know, powerful and... Some might say it's inflammatory. Inflammatory, you could say, yeah. And so maybe you don't want to put your name at that particular shot. No? Okay, all right, fuck it. Is there an explosion? No. Then it's the fire. Then it has to be the fire. I can't. He tried to get an explosion in quicker, but he couldn't get there. Like he has to explain more. There has to be more story before you get an explosion, Michael. Ah, oh, fine. Fuck it. Ugh. Fine. Why can't I, can I blow something up? Can we blow up the crucifix yet? No, Michael. We're not blowing up any crucifix. Um, ah, you're always ruining my fun. And like that's the, that's the frustrating thing. I really like that opening scene. Again, in, in the, the, it is a good one. It is great when they're just when like yeah, it's Will Smith, uh, you know, guns akimbo, like just having it out with all these these <laughs> Ku Klux Klan guys, and my, and they're both like they just immediately seem to snap back into the rhythm of those characters. Yeah, they perfectly fall straight back. In Even though it's it. been eight years since we last saw them, and, yeah. and Will Smith has become the biggest movie star in the world in the meantime. Yeah. He's not quite what, what, what was it we said earlier? Like he's not quite uh, Dad Will Smith, like great Dad Will Smith scene yet. No, this was like, and this is an interesting point when you look at it through Will Smith and his career. Yeah, because Bad Boys Two was like the last time that he was in like an R-rated action action movie. Yeah. Like when he's and he's swearing and he's shooting people and he's and he's being doesn't that, give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. And he's just being cool, Will Smith. After this, the closest you get to that is maybe like I don't know. Iron Legend, maybe, but even that is like a performance piece, and it's like, and yeah. it's great. I really like Iron Legend; it's a great film, but it's because he's a great dad. If he wasn't such a fucking great dad, then maybe he could have. I Robot's a pretty good one. I Robot's good, um, but again, it's not R-rated. I'm talking. It's this where he gets to say "motherfucker" every other word. Yeah, <laughs> which is <laughs> like, like Will Smith is like peak here. Yeah, like 
there are two levels of Will Smith because he is like fundamentally Will Smith is a fucking fantastic actor. Yeah. Like when you see him in pieces like Ali and Seven Pounds and stuff like that, you you're like, okay, yeah. this man is like. But like even going back further, like you know, back in the day, he was he's been good forever. Like the scene that everyone talks about from um, Fresh Prince. Yep. That like we, the improvised scene. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he and he has his moments of dramatic stuff, but then yeah, he can also be really funny. Mm-hmm. And but like, there's something special about the bad boys one because he just gets to cut loose a little bit. Yeah, he that's what have, that's what I like. He doesn't have to be the good guy, the the super like yeah goody goody guy, which is what he's become since. Yeah. Now he's got to be a great dad in every single script I'm in. You've got to make sure that I'm a great dad, even in fucking the Suicide Squad. He made them oh, shoehorn shoehorning a story about him being a great dad. Yeah, because that's what he has to be. But in Bad Boys, he's the he's the bachelor bloke who doesn't have any kids or family. Marcus has all that. Yeah, and he and they're meant to be the contrast between one yeah. another in both films. And he just gets to revel in that and just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and it's cool. You, the the <laughs> furthest depth that we get of Will Smith's character. As of Mike Lowry's character, there there's a conversation in the first one. Mm. Mike Lowry, and you're not saying it's sexy. Say say it's sexy like him. Be sexy. So there's <laughs> there's the scene in the car when he's like when Marcus is calling him out about all the trust fund situation, yeah, which is interesting because they never really get into it. But it's like the idea of there being a he's like an upwardly mobile second generation black man who's got all this money. And yeah. where's that all come from? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not in that, like, much as it's perfectly possible. Yeah. It, there could be a story behind it. But, we but never also, get into like, it. in the South. In the South, yeah. In Miami, in Florida. Yeah. Like, it's like, hmm, okay. What did you, so your parents left you money. What did they do? Yeah. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just no, saying no, that. But it, the, but it, the, it would co- be an interesting to think, yeah. thing to see about where it's, so and they quickly sort of skate past it. He's like, oh, it was all I've ever wanted to be. I'm first to arrive and the last to leave and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. blah. So they explain he that he's takes a great it to the max cop. every day. That, and they explain how much of a great copy is because of that. But it is there would be under a better director. Hey, maybe and maybe, maybe this is what we're going to be getting in three. Maybe they're going to delve into some of that shit. Because like the other, no, bear in mind, Michael Bay is not directing the third one. Yeah, I know. And what happened the last time? Michael Bay ran a franchise into the ground, and then someone else came and took it over. <laughs> We got Bumblebee, yeah, which was but great. That, that's yeah, no, but that's that. This that would be the equivalent of like a Bad Boys origin story of like Police Academy, yeah, and with Marcus J- with, and Mike, with, yeah, Jaden Smith playing uh, a, a, a young Mike Lowry, Mike no, Lowry, no, because he he wouldn't, be, and Kevin no. Hart playing, a young... like, <laughs> yes, that's it. Oh. I've just cast it. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart as Jaden Smith. Kevin Hart, Jaden Smith. No, Bad you know who it should be. What's his name? Um, oh fuck, I've forgotten his name. Bear with me. Tracy um, Morgan. No, Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan's old as fuck. Yeah, I know, but bear with me. <laughs> it should Donald be Glover. no Kevin Hart and Corey Hawkins. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey Hawkins should yes. play Mike Lowry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got that. Yeah, it's cool. He's the guy who like he went on. He was in Twenty Four, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, amongst other things, he was in. Yeah, he was in. Um, so he should be like Mike. Mike Lowry. But yeah, Kevin Hart. I think Kevin Hart is. Would, he wouldn't almost as old as Martin Lawrence's. But now. no, but um, Will wouldn't allow that. It would have to be one of his kids. 
it would have to be <laughs> fucking Jaden. Not uh, the not the twenty five. Jaden's mad. Not like the twenty eight year old kid that he has that he doesn't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but one of one. No, he's, he's like our age. Yeah, that's that's why I said twenty eight. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, he is that. That's what I mean. Um, like our age. But yeah, yeah like, like <laughs> Jane Smith's weird. Like not in such a well, he is a bit weird, but in, in like a way that I'm like. I'm fully behind this kid, like, because he's just putting out yeah. just anything that he yeah. wants. He's putting out really weird music with people like Frank Ocean. He's putting out, like, have you seen his anime? No. It's fucked. It's fucking mad. Okay. It's, 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 I can't, I can't even describe it. No. But I will get it up and I will talk about it in our um, post credits. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, that, that so that's what happened after Bad Boys Two. That's when Jaden Smith started taking over a lot of Will's sort of career. So the, the next movie that he made after this was like The Pursuit of Happiness, yeah, with Jaden, and then that became the whole right. That was a big turning point where now he's got to be a good dad. Yeah. But prior to that, yeah, still Mike Lowry, still fucking cool. Yeah, and Bad Boys Two, and Bad Boys Two is just littered with ridiculous action set pieces, like the scene on the bridge. Where they're throwing cars at them, <laughs> yeah, and they're chasing the Haitians, and it's just like the level of excess they go to. Like, so in the first one, there was like a little like like can you imagine like like the, the scene where they come after T. Leone and like Martin Lawrence just manages to get her out there, and a couple of shots get exchanged, yeah, in a hallway. And that's it. The equivalent in terms of where it is in the plot is this car chase in the second one. Yeah. And it's like, right, here's what we're doing now. This time around, everyone's got machine guns. Yeah. Everybody. Everyone's got machine guns. There's a thousand cop cars. There's us. We're going to do a spin in the middle of the, in the road. No, like Will, Will Smith got... converted the back seat of the Ferrari that he's driving. Yeah. Which is, at, at some points, is a 375 and at some points is a 350 Marinello. Okay. So they're just two different Ferraris that are in there. They don't use the proper Ferrari sound, anyway. Um, he's got but this, he's got this custom thing in the back, which is just where two submachine guns. Are. He's got submachine guns, yeah. But I love that. Which every, is very illegal. It's the fact that everyone got like everyone in the second one, like in the first one, everyone's got handguns and uses handguns. Yeah. In the second one, everyone's got automatic weapons. All the bad guys, all the good guys, everyone is just spraying bullets. Yeah. <laughs> like fucking like chaos. They've got so there's whole sequence where there's this. Um, car chase happens is the most confusing thing because it's like there's a subplot in this movie about marcus's sister who's a dea agent she's undercover yeah and then they've got this whole thing where like she's got a team of people watching her and then there's another there's a load of bad guys watching another thing and it's like there's a point when there's like three different teams of people doing stuff and three and each of those teams have a team of people watching them either from a van surveilling them or from across the street with a pair of binoculars. And I'm like, I have no idea who's with who. Yeah. I don't know that's, what the fuck's going on. That's the it thing. doesn't matter because there's blow a shit. plot buried in this. Somewhere there's a plot. There's a caper buried in this, which is, oh, we can't let Mike find, uh, we can't let Marcus find out that Mike's dating his sister. And you go, okay, we, we can't find that out. Oh no, never mind. It's all it's happening. Everything's on fire. Everything's, everything's on fire. Everything's Someone's on firing fire. a machine gun. Everyone's shooting machine Someone's guns. Someone's throwing a car at somebody else. The, yeah, the, somebody's using a using a car chained to the back of a cab carrier. Yep. 
as like as a, a wrecking mace. Ball. No, as, like, like, wrecking as, ball, as a wrecking ball. Mace. Then they set it on fire. Then they set it on enough. fire. Then there's the Then boat. they throw a boat at somebody. <laughs> How did you sink a boat? Well, we didn't sink it. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they do lots of machine gunning, and it's just... It's madness. It is. It's, it's absolute madness. It's pure carnage, and I love it. I love it. I love every minute of it. It's just, it doesn't make any fucking sense, but I, it's just the stupidness of it. And the fact it's that, a cartoon. Yeah, the, the second film is a cartoon, and like you say, like everything's ratcheted up. So, like, um, Joe Bantigliano is a great example of it. He was a little bit angry and a little bit of a cliche in the first one. Second time round, he's a complete fucking joke. And now he's got this whole woosah thing they're going on about when yeah. they're trying, everyone's like feng shui, and that, which is made a joke of. Yeah. Like anything that's remotely progressive about like being a man in the yeah. second one is just a butt of a joke. Yeah. So like him, <laughs> him going to therapy and trying to sort himself out, it's a fucking joke. Yeah. And like, and, and like well, him opening up and talking about his feelings, joke. He's a fucking joke. Yeah, exactly. The fact that there's a, the toxic masculinity around the fact that Mike won't allow Marcus to use the term flaccid around <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, and just like, and the, there's this whole thing, like, and it's in the first one and the second one. It's like there are certain things they have disdain for. So it's like, yeah, that side of masculinity is one thing. They also have a disdain for, you know, due process and law. Oh yeah, like no, they no, break. No. I've never seen a. Uh, a police movie, a cop movie, where they break the the, the cops just break the law constantly. They they put like, particularly in the second one, they put like surveillance in the guy's house without a warrant. Yeah, they just they like illegally they just... invade Cuba. Well, we hadn't even got there yet, but yeah, they they go, they go into the morgue again illegally with no warrant and like yeah. and like. But it's there in both of them. So, like the bit at the very end, like when the, of the, the first one, they're going after the bad guy for whatever reason. The bad guys decided that the best way to get away in the, at the end of the first one is to drive down a runway of an airport mm-hmm. and just keep driving down the runway, despite the fact there's nothing at the other end. <laughs> no, so it's just as so they can have because their... obviously what happens at the end of a runway, like you you get away. No. You don't just drive into a fence. No, not not. Or yet. if you're in Miami. The sea, yeah, but no, no, <laughs> you just get away. But anyway, during that bit, Marcus is like, he's going, You have the right to remain silent, anything you can say will be used against you. And you're like, What are you doing? He goes, Getting it out of the way. And it's like, Oh, yeah, you're such a badass. But what you're getting out of the way is someone's legal rights, yeah, so you can just get there and kill him. Basically, mm-hmm. is what you're getting to. And then the second one is even more of that. Although they do make a point about, like, they do have that really great scene where Mark uh, Marcus makes a point of saying, you can't keep killing everybody. Because every time you kill someone, yes. it's got, we like, got no Because essentially, yeah. Mike's really trigger happy, and they make a big point of it in the second one. They literally sort of really, really lean into it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, yeah, it's it's lovable nonsense. Yeah. Uh, you, when you look back on it now, you're like, there is a lot wrong with this franchise. Oh yeah, they're like, there are some really like horrible Michael Bayisms in there. Yeah, like, it's in all the way little... that he treats anyone that isn't one of these like hyper masculine yeah. super males. It's the I think the things that are the worst are the little side characters. Yeah, people who get one or two lines. So like the whole sequence that happens when they're in the uh, video store. Yeah, and you get like this like a big sassy black woman 
Yeah. Like, he was angry. He was like, you two motherfuckers need Jesus. And, yeah. like, and then you've got the, there's a gay couple who are really yeah. effeminate and are over the top. And those little side characters, that's where he's like, everyone's a stereotype. Everyone's just like a... Everyone's a prop yeah, for these all-American super, supermen to laugh at. Yeah. But like even like in that then creeps into some of the other characters, like stuff like the Hispanic... Um, like yeah. guys so basically and thre- that's the thing both of those both of those interactions that they have just feel like an excuse for Michael Bay to make racist jokes yeah to both sides yeah like they were like the so they got this his, um, these guys who are like the equivalent of Marcus and Mike but they're like Hispanic yeah and they come in and make some like some racist joke about them being black and then they come back with them with a racist joke about them being Hispanic yeah and it's just like but then to the point where they have those characters in the second film, but they also had those characters in the first film played by a completely different set of actors. Yeah. And they were not, technically speaking, they're not the same characters, but they serve exactly the same function. Yeah. It's just for but them the thing to... is, in the first one, like, there's some shit talking between them. Yeah. And there's some posturing, but there isn't to the same level that's in two, this no. sort of really cynical yeah. nastiness yeah. that sort of exists within that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's mental. The, the second one. Then you got Johnny Tapia, the crazy drug dealer. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Who's just like a coked up crazy dude? Again, when you compare him to the first guy, he's just yeah. It, it is like like a progress. It's they they exist on the same bell yeah. curve, except one is far far further along. I just love that. Yeah. So I remember before we watched it, like I love the bit where. Like after he finds out that they're cops or whatever, yeah. he he like stages a scene where he gets these two coffins out in in his mum's garden. Oh god! And says, I want you to find those two motherfuckers, and I want them right here in these coffins in Mama's garden. It's like, did you bring these coffins out just to make that grandstanding mm-hmm. point? It's like it's literally everything happens, everything like all the set like gets put into place because it's the coolest thing and the most dramatic mm-hmm. thing whether it makes any sense or not it doesn't fucking matter oh no matter. no yeah it doesn't Nothing make sense matters. because if you watch the first one when you talk when you see the um french guy the french villain yeah you see that he's like got plans got things in progress and he's yeah. like I've organised this I've done this I've yeah. got this these are my guys now sort of thing yeah and the reason it all kicks off in the first one is because he's annoyed that this guy's like doing all the fucking heroin yeah and drawing attention to himself and he gets angry at him and said, like yeah. now I'm going to have to kill you and kill the girl because mm-hmm. you've leaked this now and we can't have that He's annoyed about it. Yeah. Whereas in the second one, no one gives a fuck. Everyone's spraying bullets everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everyone's first first course of action is to just start shooting. Like when like when they go, anytime the cops turn up, they don't try and get away from the cops. No, they just they start tu- shooting. They turn around and start just spraying them with bullets. Yeah. <laughs> like... But also, like, it's just they do, everyone just pulls a gun and immediately fires on full auto. But when you look at the way like the villains in this like he's supposed to be like a convincing drug lord well the idea is that he's yeah, not they've got he's this, a madman well it's another thing that they've got like so they've got this whole thing about like again anyone who's going through due process or whatever it's just it's red tape and it just gets in the way yeah so they have this whole subplot going on in this second one where johnny tapia we can't go after johnny tapia because every time we do he sues us and wins so it's like he's talking about like how criminals have got rights and uh, if we act if we arrest the wrong person they can sue us yeah and that uh, they talk about like because they do it with johnny tapia who is we've shown as the audience we know clearly he's a drug dealer and a bad person yeah 
where he's like, oh, what an arsehole. Oh, look at them exercising their uh. rights. Look at them wanting like wanting proof and evidence. Oh, and shit to fair put... treatment. Kill him. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Can you believe it? These police officers, these police officers are out there protecting us every day, not complying to any laws whatsoever, taking the law into their own hands, killing people left, right and centre. I can't believe they, they're, they tr- like, they're allowed to do whatever the fuck they They tried they want. to arrest me and apparently didn't have any evidence, so I'm going to sue them. But I can only assume from that that they didn't have, they hadn't built a case and didn't have any evidence. I don't know. I can only imagine they turn up, shot his entire family, which made him go mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a reason, like, there's no uh, wife or anything. He's got a daughter. He's got a daughter. For some reason. Again, and his just, mother. Yeah. But I assume that everyone else in his family was killed by police, which has driven him to the point of past insanity to where he is now, <laughs> where he's this coked up super fiend who seems to exist purely on solar power and very high quality cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's it. Like, I mean, there's, there's no other drive for this man within this other than no. he wants to make a deal with... Hang on, Peter Stormare's in this film. Yeah. No, he, so Peter Stormare's in this. He owned the club. Right. He owned, well, no, him and his mate, they're the Russian mob. Yeah. And they own a load of clubs in Miami. And they're, that's the distribution. They're laundering. Aren't no, they? that's the distribution. That's the, right. the dogs go into the club and they sell the drugs at the club. Okay. And they make a shitload of money. And then that comes, they have to pay Johnny Tapio as a supplier of their drugs. Yeah. And then what Johnny does is he threatens them and says, right, I'm going to buy out all these clubs. Yeah. And it means that then I will own everything from the means of production all the way down to the point of sale. Okay. It's, it's more cost effective, to be fair. Yeah, no, it makes sense. He's cutting out the middleman. Yeah. Just like Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Harry's Razors. Casper Mattresses. Uh, <laughs> Movement Watches. Movement Watches. Um, Mattresses, watches, razors. Mm. Buy them on the internet. GoDaddy can help you Save make your money. website. <laughs> Save some money. Cut out the middleman. Uh, <laughs> We're not sponsored. No. We're far too irresponsible for that. True. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing left to say, I think, I guess, is the bit where they go to Cuba at the end. <laughs> there isn't that much to say about it. Really. They go to Cuba and start Everything's like... <laughs> on fire. Everything explodes. <laughs> Shacks that have nothing in them explode into giant great firestorms. A pair of denim jeans exploded. If you go back and watch the film, that literally happens. Yeah, literally. So clothing just spontaneously combusts. This is bit. So the whole movie is set in Miami. It's about this drug lord of Miami. He then goes back to Cuba with all his money, and but he takes Marcus's um, sister hostage. And so their response to that is to get a group of them, all these like paramilitary, mm. sponsored by fucking CIA and the DEA and the, the CIA, fucking, Coast Guard, DEA, the Miami PD, Miami PD, and they all go in at, like COVID, they pretend they they pretend that there's a ship Cuban on special fire. forces, but like they set out that there's a ship on fire, we have to go save it, and then sneak in all these guys. Yeah. Who then go in, and it's the stupidest mission as well because I was saying like watching it, it's like. They've got full tactical readout of where this place is. They're trying to storm this place and get her out, this this one girl. They know exactly what room she's in. They've got a tunnel into the building. They can just go in there quickly. Maybe they'd have to take out one or two guards with with silencers, get her, get out of the tunnel, 
end of. Mm-hmm. But that's not what they do, because this is a Michael Bay movie. No, what they do is in broad daylight, <laughs> in the middle of the day, they, tun- so they, they tun- explode everything. They explode everything. So they, go, they tunnel in and they go, right, well, we've got two tunnels. We've got one that goes right into the house, which is where we want to be. Great. Let's dig another tunnel so we can pop up and shoot that fucking building with a bazooka. Why? Because... Uh, oh, also, we've got to be really careful because this guy's got the Cuban army on his beck and call. So if anything kicks off, the entire Cuban military will be on us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll blow that up then, yeah? It's like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. But it's just ludicrous and it just, it gets fun. It's funny to watch. It's just it like, is, it, it just builds on top of like one thing. Then the, then the house explodes. Then he gets in a giant yellow ham- hummer. Then he drives yeah. through the fucking building. Then they try and shoot him with a rocket launcher and they miss and shoot the building again. They shoot they blow the building. <laughs> oh, no. Damn, I missed what? him. Wow. And again, it's like, it's everything that's taking the piss out of now. It's like Team America. Damn, I missed him. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what, like Hot Fuzz takes the piss out of this movie massively. Yeah. And it's the fact that like, it has that extra action sequence after the film's already wrapped up. Like there's a whole another act, like that half an hour's worth of blowing shit up. That doesn't need to be there, and that's exactly what Hot Fuzz was like. It's like everything's wrapped up, and then another thing happens, and then another thing happens. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and it's 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 a child with toys going. That's what this is. Yeah, I love it. I fucking love it. I like. I love both of these films in completely I different ways. Don't respect it in the slightest. No, but I really enjoy it. Me t- but yeah, that's say like. And I'm I, not one of these people that's going to sit there and say, "Oh, but there's an art form to mindless action," because there's not. There is nothing about this is an art form in any way, shape. or I don't form. know. There's the, like some of the stunts and stuff that are achieved. Oh, the stunts in themselves are. Yeah, there's the stunts but, and because I will say this for it as well is that they're. There isn't, there's not an over-reliance on CGI in terms of like the, with the, although there are lots of CGI elements, particularly with the, the panning shots and the like, all that shit, but when he's blowing stuff up, he's blowing stuff up for real. <laughs> I'll give him that. I'll give him that. He, he will not go to CGI if he can help it. No. So all the shit that happens on the highway, he trashed those cars for real, and it's spectacular to see. So I, wouldn't, I think there is something to be said for... Like, action I'm, I'm not calling it an art form. No, I. But no, what I, I would say is that the stunt coordination that's involved in that is yeah, spectacular. Yeah, spectacular. And that's everyone that's everyone that's that did that themselves absolutely deserves so, well, a pat on the back and deserves an award. But Michael Bay's vision for creating that, yeah, does not. <laughs> okay, so but like, well, I'm interested now to pursue this. Throwing all of your toys into a bucket, yeah. swinging them around, and then setting fire to them. Okay, is not an art form, right? So that's not an art. So stuff in Bad Boys Two is not an art form. Mm. Say in terms of the action sequences, would you say that the shootout sequence from John Wick Three with the dogs is that an art form? I would say that's more coordinated. That's I wouldn't I mean. say that's firing cars out the back of a truck. I would say firing cars out of the back of a truck requires a lot of coordination. <laughs> like, because otherwise people like, will die. I would say that it requires... It's, like you're firing cars at remote I'm, control I'll cars. be honest, it's not as subtle. <laughs> I'll give you that. But it also it still requires a hell of a lot of coordination. 
because that could go wrong. I don't think it does. It does. Mm, there's nobody in those cars, Dom. Yeah, but still. There's nobody in any of those Health cars. Health and safety would have a fucking nightmare. Health and safety <laughs> are sat very, very far away, which is a place that I quite respect them for. But Look, I, no, I would, like I say, I would, the, the, dash, the execution in itself of the way that these things are performed and strung out and made are spectacular. Yeah. I'm never going to deny that. That's one thing that I really do think is that people like stunt coordinators and stunt performers yeah. need a great deal more recognition than they already get. Yeah. There's one thing that I'll always salute Tarantino for is for really pushing forward for his, like his stunt coordinators and people like that. Yeah. And people like Henry Cavill and people that act, actually go out and sort of do their yeah, own yeah. stunts. But what I would say is the difference in like an art form of driving a yellow Hummer down a cliff through shack on shack on shack on shack on shack on shack and each one of these things is blowing up in a fireball is not an art form. That's a car falling down a cliff and a series of pyrotechnics going off. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. It's beautiful. That's, it is beautiful. That's, and I deny anyone to tell me that's not a beautiful sight. <laughs> it's bedlam. Yeah. It's beautiful. the dictionary definition of bedlam. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> but at the same time, like there are, like you say, there are other things in there that really deserve like a tip of the hat or a yeah. salute. And I think like what lifts these for me, because like bad boys do, when I say how much I enjoy it, like, it's like in the same way that I enjoy like the Fast and Furious movies and stuff. It's like, this is fucking ridiculous. And I just laugh at it. But what lifts it is Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Yeah. And they are great. And like, and there are so many, there are moments in two where they just get, they get an opportunity to shine and it's just, and it's nothing to do with the spectacles, nothing to do with anything. It's just them being them. And I think the best example of that is the scene where Martin, a guy comes to take out Martin Lawrence's daughter. Yes. And That's the single best scene yeah exactly and it's the best scene in the movie and it involves nothing blowing up yep because it's just those guys being great yeah and like bouncing off each other will smith does a completely different character to try and scare the shit out of this kid yeah. and he's really i'm like i want to see more of that kind that yeah. character that you're playing now the, the, cra- the crazy uncle who just got out of jail yeah. I, he ain't going back <laughs> all that yeah. shit bring it the, more of that that's great like that's what i mean about like the way will smith is now he'd never do anything like that now in a movie no. Never in a million years. No, God, no. And that's what I mean about, like, this allows him to sort of let loose. Yeah. And stop playing the good guy. And um, that's the thing, like, Will Smith, that's what I think the part of the problem is now, is that he plays a lot of things too safe. Yeah. I, well, I mean, yeah, he had a perfect opportunity with um, Suicide Squad mm-hmm. to be Deadshot, which is a, it's an anti-hero. But instead he chose, he goes, no, let's put a whole subplot in about my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need to be a good dad. Meanwhile, Martin Smith has done... Uh, Martin Smith? Martin Lawrence has done fuck all since Bad Boys 2. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from Go Crazy, apparently. Yeah, he went a little bit crazy in the 90s. And then... I don't... I'm going to look into this more because I think that... It's interesting to see what happened. Mm. And I want to find out more. And I think we'll probably talk about it in the next episode. Yeah. I would love it if... Like, we've seen the trailer and stuff for Bad Boys for Life which I think is a missed opportunity that they've ended up calling it Bad Boys for Life. If they got their shit together properly, this really should be the fourth one. And yeah. it should be Bad Boys number four, Life. Yeah. But they... But no, it's taken... because look who, it, who it's made by. Like, the people behind it. Like, Bay's not directed it, but yeah. he's guaranteed that he's the producer. Oh, probably, yeah. But, yeah, we'll never know. So it'll be really interesting to see what it's like. Um, but I would have loved it if they just... They'd, like continued on from the end of the second one it had just been like the, both the pair of them locked up in a cuban jail 
for invading Cuba. <laughs> like, just I haven't seen my family in years. Just like going like, mad in the Hague for war crimes. For war crimes. Yeah, just like <laughs> for, for literally invading another country. But, like, can you imagine like the opening scene is like a prisoner exchange. It's Martin Lawrence and Will Smith <laughs> getting traded over for like Castro. <laughs> 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 Oh, this is some bullshit, Mike. I know, man. Listen, you know, Mike, we uh, we wanted to get you back, but there's just so much going on with this new trade deal that we're trying to get through. And like, <laughs> Trump really just really doesn't want to do this because, you know, he feels about, that. Either that, you like, know, he feels my, about people that stick by, those the, my two go bit, by like, the law. There's that pitch where it's the, the prisoner exchange from Cuba from... Hey, you guys, you know that time you invaded Cuba? You were not subtle about it. <laughs> you drove your giant yellow Hummer up to Guantanamo Bay and had a shootout in the minefield. Like, everyone <laughs> saw that shit. Everyone saw that. So there are going to be some consequences to that. The other alternative to that is to have a direct follow-on because the way the film ends is this little, like, post credit scene where they're arguing in the swimming pool, again, being great because it's just a pair of them arguing yeah. with each other. And then the pool goes, <laughs> it gets taken away. Yeah. And they end up floating down like the river or the, the or, sea. The sea, essentially. I, yeah, it's the bayou or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Um, on these giant inflatable um, bilos. Take it from there. Do castaway. <laughs> but <I> just. <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> they accidentally get swept back to Cuba. No, they just... And they have to survive, like Bear Grylls style, yeah. in Cuba, in a country that hates them. Yeah. <laughs> the most, they have to survive the most, their way back. They're the most notorious criminals in all of Cuba yeah. because they blew up our beloved Johnny Tapia. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's like it's like a side call to thirteen hours. Yeah, like twenty four hours in Benghazi or whatever it's called. Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah, so it's like a side call to that. It's about them surviving Cuba and yeah. having to make it out. And through that time, dealing with the shell shock that they've both gotten from yeah. massacring so many people in such a short amount of time. Yeah, we should do that. So those are our pitches for what we think Bad Boys 3 should be. That's not what it's going to be. We'll find out exactly what it is next week. You, you know what I really want? What? I really want Bad Boys 3 to follow the same escalation point that went from 1 to 2. Should How? be in from 2 to 3. Yeah, but that's going to be like they'd have to go to space or something. Like, what the fuck are they going to do? Like, they, fight, what, they go and fight drug dealers on the moon. Like, yeah. what? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, turn, turns, out, turns out that the moon... Massive ball to Charlie. <laughs> That's the only solution. That's the only way around it. Like yeah, it's the biggest speedball like, in the universe. Oh, there's so many questions. Like, what are they going to fight in this? So, like, there's escalation in the first. So the first one is heroin. Then it goes. Then it's ecstasy in the in the third, in the second one. So, what's the drug going to be in the new one? MDMA or Coke. something? Like I don't. Know. And then well, all, ecstasy is MDMA. Well, well, I don't know. I, clearly, I don't know enough about drugs. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um... And then the other question is... I've never even heard of a what d- is, drug. What is Marcus going to do at the end of the movie and that Mike... Retire. No, that Mike says, that's how you do that from now on. Ah. Uh, so the first yeah, one, that's, he, drives, that's, he drives like a badass yeah, and beats the guy. That's in, what I was saying, wasn't it? Yeah, like... Then the, sec- and the second one... Was the shooting. The shooting. He makes an amazing like headshot and the guy stays alive for the... Sex. For, huh? It's going to be sex. Mike's, Mike's <laughs> going to lean in the window. That's how you fuck. That's how you fuck from now on. From now on, <laughs> that's how you fuck. <laughs> and he high fives like, him. Yeah, because at that point he'll be he'll be fucking like a rat. At that next, <laughs> they fight just like us. And He's trying to pile driving her. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole sequence in the middle of this movie where they go and exterminate rats. 
<laughs> I don't. Oh, I fucking love Bad Boys 2. <laughs> I really do. It's, it's, I've got some feelings towards it, but I don't really know how to take them. I love it. I love it. But yeah, anyway, um, so Bad we, Boys and Bad Boys 2. The first one's really good. The second one is really mad. Yeah, you do need to see it. You do. I'm yeah. sorry, you do, like, it needs to be experienced. Even if it's just once in your life, you need to understand what Bad Boys 2 is. <laughs> yeah. It is just a fucking... Yeah, it's just it's like a finger painting. It's just like <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I can't describe it. It's calamitous. Yeah, in the but at the same time, way. yeah, because it's just it's it's glued together by the chemistry of two people that just need to be on screen all the time. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so next that, week yeah. is Bad Boys Three Life. Bad boys for life. Bad boys three life. So yeah, we'll see how it all ends. Will will we find out more about Mike Lowry's past? Will Marcus learn how to fuck? Will will, will he maintain the same car from scene to scene? No. All these questions and more will be answered because they don't in the first one either. No. All these questions and more will be answered next week. Next week in the Omcast Bad Boys. Free life movie review. Um, yeah, so in the meantime, guys, um, you can get us on Instagram and uh, Facebook and all the other places. Um, if you've got any sort of comments on the Bad yeah. Boys movies, let so us know. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, let us know across all of those. Drop us at theomcastpod at gmail.com. Yep. Have a chat with us on there. Call us out in real life because we know a lot of you listen, like which is lovely. Yeah. Um, and all of our international fans, why don't you drop us a message and let us know as well? Like We know that you've got some quite dedicated people abroad, mm-hmm. which is really nice. So thank you for listening, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Yeah, cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Throw the aquarius. Throw an accordion Push the piano down the stairs. Throw animals this time. They can't hear you because they're still shooting at you. We've weaponized iguanas and cats. (laughs) Fuck. Fucking hell. Where's the motherfucking cup holder? Right, no, I'm now, post-credits, everyone, what are you talking I'm going to describe Jaden Smith's um, animated TV show, which can't technically be classified as an anime, but here we go. <clears throat> Neo Yokio, as described as the greatest city in the world, <clears throat> a modern-day alternate timeline, New York, where magicians saved the city from ruins in the 19th century. Gaining a place in the upper echelons of society and becoming known as Magistocrats. The series revolves around Kaz Khan, a vain and wealthy Magistocrat, and his mecha butler, Charles, voiced by Jude Law, as he balances a vepid and decadent life as a fashionisto in the city with his demon hunting duties managed by his stern aunt Agatha, played by Susan Sarandon. Kaz has taken to self-pity and melancholy after his recent breakup with investment banker Kathy, played by Alexa Chung, and only wishes to live a life of luxury with his socialite friends Lexi and Gottlieb. His rival is Archangelo. What the fuck is going on? I'm so an old money scion who blatantly Khan's neo-riche status. 
and the two were often in competition for the top spot on the bachelor list, a giant public billboard of Neo Yokio's most eligible bachelors. Former fashion blogger Helen St. Tessero becomes reacquainted with, Ka- with Kaz in the fa- first... E- what the fuck are you talking about? Former fashion blogger Helena... Helena- Former fashion blogger Helena St. Tessero becomes reacquainted with Kaz in the first episode after he performs an exorcism on a possessed Chanel suit. What? However, the possession left Helena disillusioned with Neo Yokio and the capitalist system, eventually becoming a hikomori, anti-capitalist critic and a foil to Kaz's vapid focus on fashion and social status. What the fuck is that? That, and that's Jaden Smith came up with all that. Yeah. And the lead singer of Vampire Weekend. Okay. They've, okay. It's, 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 it's fucking it's, mental. Um, Richard Ayoade's in it a lot. Jaden Smith plays Kaz Khan. Jude Law plays Charles, the robot butler. Uh, Susan Sarandon's in it. Jesus. The Kid Miro's in it. Daisy's okay. Nice is in it. Jason Schwartzman's in it. Richard Ayoade's in there. Alexa Chung, Willow Smith, Kenan Shipka. John DiMaggio, Peter Serafinowicz, Steve Buscemi, Ike Barinholtz, Stephen Fry. Fucking hell. Okay, all right, I'll have to check this out. This sounds mental. Mad. Yeah, that's a hell of a cast list. Yeah. Jesus, okay, all right, fair enough. Well, there you go. If you want to check out, what, what, if you ever wondered what happened to Jaden Smith, that, apparently, all that crazy shit you just And there heard. was a Christmas special released in 2018, which I haven't seen, so I would like to go back and watch. Okay. Well, anyway... <laughs> That's, open, That's that. That's opened my mind. I mean, the, 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 the Karate Kid was good, though, wasn't it? 